Yes, it's me, Mark Stone, and this is the Backseat Driver Podcast. I'd like to welcome to the Backseat Driver Radio Show, Mark Isaacs from Automotive Warlight and Northwest Classic and Retro Cars. Uh, I discovered Mark by chance. I kept looking at some of his Facebook posts and thought, I know where that is. So I had a ride down and lo and behold, it's where I thought it was. It's about a five minute drive from where I live. So Mark, welcome to the Backseat Driver Radio Show. Hello, thank you for having me. How did you, I mean, how did you get into all this? I mean, you're on a nice little side street in Paddyham. You're based in two very historic buildings. One's Paddyham Building Society, if anybody can remember back that far. And your cars are stored and worked on and everything else in a Second World War Nissan hut. I mean, a Nissan hut in itself is a rarity. So how did all this come about? Well, as we set the scene, uh, I started off in the old building society about five years ago, and we started with antiques, doing car parts, doing the odd car and stuff like that, and it's just generally grown from there. Uh, about three years after we started in here, we looked out at window at the Nissan up, found a gentleman coming out of it, ran over, bought it, and moved all the car business into there, really, and it's just grown and grown and grown from there. Now, the one thing that strikes me is... You've never any shortage of cars. I mean, the cars you seem to specialise in are 50s and 60s cars, maybe into the 70s. But, I mean, what is the appeal of these cars of this era? It's the style, it's the smells, it's it's from a bygone era. And that's what I love. It's cars that my nan had, my dad had, cars that my dad had me working on up in Apton on the front street when I was 10 and 11 years old, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, and I've just never lost my love for them. Uh, it's a big family thing, is the love for cars in my family. My brother is still into the same sort of stuff I do. My dad still comes down, takes them out. Uh, and we've just built it from there, really. Um, the one thing is I notice you've never any shortage of them where I mean I was looking the other day on your uh, Facebook site I mean you brought a Morris Minor in that um, shall we say possibly beyond restoration because you didn't have to take it off the back of the truck it uh, collapsed and fell, fell off in component form but where do you find them all? They come from all over. We have a truck running up and down the country. A lot of things now, I've built it up that much. I have people sending me images, sending me pictures, uh, even before they're on internet. Uh, and that's a lot of cars I buy that's not been on the internet, they've not been on eBay, they've not been anywhere. They're fresh cars to the market. Uh, we're getting them in, we hunt them out. I send messages out, shouts, speak to contact, speak to normal people, not people in the trade, not people in the game. Uh, and that's where a lot of mine generally come from uh, and the first time to market cars really as well and looking at a lot of them I mean the other week you had a lovely standard ensign in you have a nice Hillman little old Hillman Minx in the garage a lot of these cars like the standard it wanted a good clean a good polish and out, it drove out of the workshops quite happily needed very little doing to it and somebody's got an absolutely cracking classic car at not being funny not a bad price that they can virtually use on a daily basis yeah we're not in it to make a million pounds uh we don't like to i suppose but i'm in it for more of the passion i like to rescue a car something that's been sat there for 10 15 years and i'd ultimately like to see it done and back on the road so we get them in 
we do a few bits to um, and then we pass them on as projects and people who's capable of doing them come and snap them up instantly and we sell them at the right price that they can't refuse them really and I think that's why we're being so successful as well we're not greedy on anything uh, it's just a case of in do our few bits get them running make sure engine all run get them moving again and then they've got a good starting point for a product for a project again haven't they I mean that's the one thing I do notice your cars they aren't fully restored ready to park on a showground you you provide what I would call as a running project I mean the cars as they leave you are you could actually use them once again to go back to the little the standard ensign that is a car you could use but if you want you could set to and turn it into as it looked in a showroom I mean this is it's a slightly different concept that you sell classic cars that run but people buy to then restore yeah Yeah, people buy them to restore them I sell dreams that's what I do I bring them in and we talk about it you get to know the person that comes in over the five ten minute conversation and basically you're, you're selling them a dream it's something they've wanted they've talked about it for wife they've got the okay with wife uh, as you know everything runs through the wife don't it these days if you want to spend more than 10p around at shop like you know on, on a pack of sweets and you've got to sign 10 forms don't you and everything first and get the okay and everything so by the time the chaps have done this they're well down that road of a dream and they can picture themselves and you, you throw in a couple if they bring the wife you know I can just picture you sat in here love you know with your Jackie O's on and wind flapping in air and big time they've gone if they haven't bought your car they're that far down the dream they will go buy one off somebody else and I think yeah you're helping them steer into a passion Uh, and I think a lot of it helps as well as the influx of these American shows that everybody watches now uh, they open the garage doors up and there's an old battered car there and they'll rebuild it in a week and people's there thinking I could do that in maybe a year like you know I'll have a do and it, it's keeping a lot of men out at pub and stopping them being naughty isn't it really and wife loves it when I say look he'll be sat on driveway now love you know you'll know where he is and they'll go right we'll buy it then and they're in it first aren't they I mean that is one of the things I mean I've said this before a lot of the television shows uh, I won't name them but there's one by a, a a well-known, uh, shall we say, he deals in wheels, it's a bit of a clue. Uh, if you watch the show, it's an hour-long programme, which, with the adverts, it is actually a 45-minute-long programme, and it rather infers that you can restore a car in a couple of days. And as anybody who knows classic cars, or any form of working on cars, know, some of these car restorations, uh, they're like a year, they're two years. Uh, I think the shows have given people a fictitious or false impression of how quickly you can restore a car. That is completely true, and I, I like to think we sell them honestly. I mean, some of the cars that come in here, anybody comes in to buy it, I'll tell them honestly, look, you ain't driving this down the road with it next year, buddy. You know, some of them you can say, yeah, you know, if you get your good weekends in, you can have it on road in six weeks. She won't be looking the best, but she'll give you some joy and pleasure for summer. Take her to a few shows and then do more jobs over winter. Uh, other ones that come in you've just got to be seriously honest with him and say it's a two year job is this bud some of them they've gone on to be five year cars uh, but every car I've sold has gone on to be restored uh, the moggy pickup that I don't think you saw last week uh, that's stripped down now It uh, we got it in on a Monday we sold it Tuesday morning it was in Wales for four o'clock Tuesday afternoon it, it was stripped down for Wednesday uh, down to a full chassis the lad's on Facebook now he's got a chassis he's got everything else it'll be done and dusted we in another I'd say six, seven weeks he'll have it rolling 
and running round again. So it's another Morris saved, isn't it? And another one back on numbers register. And which would you say are the most popular cars? I mean, you don't stick to any particular make or model, but which are the ones that, uh, shall we say, are out of the workshops or out the door the fastest? Which is the car that people, of like the 60s cars, that people really want? Morris Miners. People absolutely love a Morris Minor and we have never had a problem selling a Morris Minor at all. Whether it be a two-door, four-door pickup traveller, we've had hundreds of them in. And some of the states have come snapped in half, as you'd seen that other one. I mean, that was a parts thing, but some of the pickups at Terrera have been snapped in half. They've all gone off for restoration. Uh, I think the thing is we're moggy. They've seen that many of them on t- films, TVs and other stuff. They're just a typical English car, aren't they? And they've got a lovely smiley face on them and people just think, oh, my nan had one of them or, you know, I've seen a picture of my great-grandma in one of them. I'm going to get one or my dad had one as a first car. Uh, and I think because there was that many of them and still that many of them, people just warm to them and love them and they're simple to work on, easy. You can get every single part from brand new these days. So when you can add the backup that they have with them, they're just nice and easy cars to work on and sells really they sell themselves to Morris's I mean that's the thing you just said they're easy to work on I mean you open the bonnet on a modding car and if you haven't got a laptop you can't work on it and basically the modding car is designed not for its owner to work on it it has to go into the dealers or a specialist that have all the computer uh, equipment that they can plug in the car will talk to the laptop vice versa and the car will tell the laptop what's wrong with it I mean these cars you sell were designed in many ways for the owners to work on them I mean they come from an era of simplicity which the way things are today could be the era we need to go back to well if you go back to the day when you bought your Morris you actually got a stack of manuals that showed you how to strip it and rebuild it and they actively give you that service book when you bought the car the last car I bought new two years ago for wife I got a little booklet telling me how to do the radio and how to work the sat nav and how to work the keyless entry and all this and there was nothing on fixing it uh, and just to touch back on that I actually changed an headlight bulb in it I was going over Woodhead Pass just over Christmas both headlights bulbs blew as an old school man I always have a little box in the back with headlight bulbs just various bits and bats that's all I swapped the headlight bulbs took it back to the dealer on Monday and it cost me £750 because I swapped the headlight bulb and they cancelled the warranty on the car because I touched it and it's, when you start dealing with stuff like that these days, like I said, they just don't want you to touch them. Uh, and there's that many things in place now on modern stuff that you're not allowed to touch them here. Uh, like I found out myself, be swapping <laughs> one headlight bulb and a £700 bill come after for me doing that. Uh, I think the other thing is as well, by saying that, it's like we said with the laptops, uh, the, 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 the car mechanic is in many ways becoming a thing of the past. Yes. I mean, the, they plug a laptop in and that's it. They're a fitter, they're a technician. They don't do mechanic in where your cars, shall we say, demand the skill of the mechanic. Yes, they demand the skill of the mechanic and they also, you don't have to be knowledgeable. I think anybody can learn on them. So even if you're a modern car frightens a lot of people these days, they open the bonnet, they see plastic and a couple of wires and loads of plugs. Whereas on an older car, you'll see a carburetor, an engine and loads of space. And you think, I can take that off. There's only two bolts. I can see it. And I think when you start doing stuff like that, people learn themselves, don't they? Uh, I mean, we're all 
self-taught down here just by working on cars what you call time served now but there isn't nothing we can do on them from welding them up to pulling engines there isn't nothing we've rebuilt engines up floor we rebuilt his recovery truck in wales last week outside when all brakes went on it it snapped its pads coming down a welsh mountain uh so my driver phoned me up got a problem said not a problem i said i'll chuck all parts in back i'll go get new disc pads we just rebuilt everything on the side of the road in uh, welsh pool police turned up what are you doing we told the script happy days at least you're not driving it back buggered they said and off we went and that were it uh, we rebuilt it and drove it home and I don't think there's a lot of men like that left these days no I mean they are to show it but the other thing is uh, here we are in, we're in your office uh, well we, we've shoehorned ourselves into your office uh, the one thing about your good self and the uh, besides selling the cars I mean this place is an absolute haven of 1960 spare parts yes we carry a lot of spare parts uh, the cars that I do get in that I'll never see back on road we absolutely strip them to death we do have the space to store a lot of the parts we've got quite a few rare parts uh, but it's it, it it's not just the rare parts as well that are hard to find it's stuff like radios switch gear clocks that people always threw away and never kept once you keep stuff like that you'll find that you've got an influx of older men coming around have you got this have you got that you say ah, i've got it on shelf up here come and have a do at this and they're all happy and you get to learn more people and then they start telling you where stuff is and as you've seen yourself we had one of our chaps come in this morning pete and we do a lot of deals between each other and i take rare stuff off him he takes rare stuff off me and it works between everybody doesn't it and the other thing is, it's a bit like I'm, I'm looking at uh, something on, on the wall and it's a, it's a card with uh, little bags, little polythene bags. Uh, I mean, that would be the sort of thing that if you'd have gone into a, a garage or a petrol station back in the 50s and 60s and maybe the early 70s, you would have seen all over the wall in the little office you went in where you paid for your petrol. I mean, it, it, it's a journey back in time. I mean... How many of like these things are they? Like the old cards that had all the components. I mean, where do you find them? Uh, that actually come from a car accessory shop that I bought out at Top of Paddyham. Uh, the old chap he closed his doors in about 1998. Uh, he expected his son to come and sort of take the business over, so he closed his doors. He went back off to Manchester where he lived, and he just left the shop fully stocked but he hadn't bought anything from about 1993 was the last thing he bought uh, so all these parts went back to the 60s 50s and everything uh, it took me two years to buy it because I kept putting notes through the door notes through the door I drove past one Sunday afternoon it were uh, and I seen the gentleman coming out at shops off slam brakes on jumped out like went over introduced myself hello I'm Mark like oh yeah 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 I said I keep chucking notes through the door he went, I don't know it's you. I said, go phone my phone. And he went, right, all right then. So he went in, phone number, my phone ringed, I showed him. I said, hey, that's your number. And he went, yeah, 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 yeah. He shook me hand, he says, yeah, you're very persistent, you. I'll sell it to you one day. Two years later, I got a phone call to tell me to come and get it. <laughs> and I'd forgot about it. I was sat at home one night, 10 o'clock at night on a Friday night, and my phone starts ringing. Do you want to meet me at shop in the morning? You can have it all. So I went round to the shop, we did a deal. 
there was four floors full of stuff absolutely full in this shop and some of the stuff I was bringing out were unbelievable uh, and a lot of the little stuff I've kept for display purposes just like the packs like you've mentioned on the wall and some signage and virtually everything else has gone on now to help other cars stop on the road uh, but there, were, there was everything there I mean it didn't tell me he had a cellar when I bought the shop full uh, it showed me two rooms and then he says to me, as we're emptying last box out onto this seven and a half ton wagon that would fold up full, I says to me, one of my lads, I says, oh, I, says, I think that's last box we're done now. I says, no, Vince, it's shop too. Like, what do you mean you're done? I said, well, we're empty, Vince. He said, oh, you got celery upstairs, yeah. And he never showed him me. There were 12,000 litres of Duckham's Isle in cellar, about 300 Bosch starters and alternators, signs, there were all sorts, printing cabinets uh, that he bought from a printer's, unbelievable. So we just got it all down in here, sorted through it, and we're still sorting through it to this day, <laughs> three years after <laughs> his boxes upstairs, we haven't been in yet. I mean, how often do like shops like this how often do you find them? I mean, because like, there'll be a dwindling number, if only because the shop will have been bought up and demolished to build something new. Yeah, they've either been bought up or the shop's still in play today, but as they've stopped using the stuff, they just throw it away. I have quite a few blokes who have accessory shops and everything. They only touch modern stuff. They've come in here and said, oh, I chucked loads of that out from my storeroom upstairs about a year ago. He's been in there 20 years, like, you know, as they want more space and everything. Uh, but then actually, I was driving through Manchester only a couple of weeks ago, big old Nissan up like myself, couple of signs out front and everything, so I stopped, jumped out, started talking to this gentleman, and he's probably got 30 times more of what was in that shop, all old stock. He has three car accessory shops around the Manchester area, and he's just used that as storage, and he's never chucked anything away. So there we go, we've got another big Nissan up there to go start picking and we'll just start bringing it out slowly and slowly and slowly, giving more room to get the modern stuff in, but with these things you've got to start at back, don't you, because that's where all good stuff is, isn't it, like, you know. That's where it got, that's where it got shoved, we won't use that for a while, shove it at back. Yeah, well, that's it, you know, it, it, it's the good stuff they wanted to keep goes right at back. <laughs> and then, you know, it, as you come further and further to further to, no, it, it becomes more of the stuff than that, I might keep that, I don't know, I'll just shove it there, I've got the space, uh, but we always find the good stuff so always at the very back hidden at the you know worst possible place like you know and you need cranes to get it out and stuff but we've been there and done it now the other thing is some of the cars you get in or you're buying even by your own admission these are beyond restoration interestingly you then set to and turn them into automotive war art i mean dotted around there's fronts of Vauxhalls, there's backs of volkswagens there's cadillacs there's a back of a rolls royce silver shadow the boot that'll become a settee how did all this this come about as well well it, it pains me throwing anything away really and it pains me sending good parts well not good parts but when you've got like front of a morris minor and the back half of the wings have absolutely gone and just rotted. You think, what can I do with that front section of it, really? It's got nice lights, it's got half-decent chrome, it looks a bit ratty. I'll cut it up and throw it on a wall. And that's how we started, really. So I'll, I'll chop front end of a Morris Minor up, put it on a wall, and it sold instantly. And I thought, well, I've got a few more cars I could do that too, you know, that snapped in half. And we have an ethos here. We would never, ever, ever cut anything up that could go again. So we give everything a really good chance. We try and sell everything first, uh, even the worst projects. But as you seen that Morris Minor last week, 
it would never be in done with it <laughs> so the parts go on we strip every usable part off it and then we'll chop the front off it uh, and we've come to a point now we're buying rear quarter panels of Ford Angliers no rear panel we're making barbecues out of them we're, we're buying the little parts ourselves to put together we're making the moulds for the minis fronts because we send the mini all the way around the world we've sent them now uh, we've got them on in Japan America uh, Switzerland all over us as mini fronts uh, we put lights on them open them up and people just love them absolutely love them they do uh, it's working so I mean it's like you said they're a complete thing is it something you do yourself or is I notice your lads are uh, always around the place working is it something you do yourself or is it something that the lads are tasked with uh, we do it all ourselves really you know so I get my hands dirty every day so does my partner uh, my wife's involved she comes down and does a lot of stuff she loves getting her hands dirty she loves the fiberglass in she don't mind it she's meant to be company secretary and she'd rather be at unit over at road with overalls on doing something instead of making something uh, and as inspiration draws from that as well because what I don't think of an idea my partner Dave will throw something in the line my wife will even my sons will they'll say well, why don't you do this with it and you're like yeah I just didn't think of that I overlooked that and I think we're just having that small group around and the small group of really close friends that I have coming in as well they all back you and push you and try and help you and give them ideas and it's just a, a really nice little club for inspiration that makes you want to do more with them and more and more and talking of art, I mean, the office that we're sat in is just a, shall we say, a small fraction. There's display cases with, like, Duckham's Kennel Grease, Little Grease Guns, uh, Little Lucas adverts and things like that. A, a lovely little oil can there. Rolls-Royce now. Rolls, 1920s Rolls-Royce. I mean... Once again, I conclude these come from the accessory shops and once cleaned up, I mean, or they, they become works. At one point in time, it was something a garage ball used and then threw away. They've now become works of art in their own right. Yes, they have. Uh, there's a massive, massive market out there for automobilia now. Uh, and just stuff, I think, the way I look at it is, it's stuff that reminds us chaps of his youth. <laughs> uh, for myself, or an 80s kid, my Escort XR3i, she's a Mark IV car in 1988 but it just makes me feel 21 again it makes me feel like when I had them pre-kids days and everything life were free when I get in that thing I feel like I'm 21 again people surround themselves with stuff that makes them feel young we all really don't want to go old do we if we do we want to go gracefully and you know have the nice stuff around us it just reminds you of better times in your life don't you or not better times but times when you were young and free and I think that's what everybody wants, isn't it? So getting a classic car, sort of, it does that. It's the full circle in life, isn't it? I think the other thing that's interesting, I mean, with my involvement with cars of all ages, certain of these things now, they're highly desirable because, A, the rarity, B, th people threw them away. A lot of these things used to come free with the car. When you bought a car in the 60s, you opened the boot and it had all these bits and pieces in, and it's ironic what was free and thrown away is now worth quite a lot of money it, it, the toolkits and stuff like that and people will pay ridiculous amounts of money for an original toolkit with the spanners on with Austin on and Morris on and stuff like that just to complete their proper car you know their sure quality car uh, and they also want the nice little period accessories as well that go with it that you got from the car shops as well uh, little map lights and picnic baskets and stuff like that and I think a lot of them want to just set a scene they want to rock up and 
like I'll sell dreams to people and I'll say you're going to take it to shows you're not going to use it as your shopping car are you you know you, you're going to get out go for a ride down Blackpool with wife now kids are older and stuff like that and before long they're coming back well, have you got a picnic basket I want one like this so I can just sit in boots and yeah we'll find you a picnic basket and other period accessories like little map lights we have and radios and 8 track players they want them all in and fitted right then and they become more down that road of you know yeah it's got to be right I want to feel like I'm actually sat in the 60s I don't want a Morris Mine with a 1980s radio cassette in it I want, I want that fuzziness of that 60s radio you know and radio 2 on but going in background like you know and that's what people just want don't they it's uh, it, like it's to remind us of his youth isn't it it is and the other thing is uh, signs. I mean, I have a collection of tin signs at home. I'll be quite honest, I'll hold my hand up. They are reproductions because I, I can't afford the originals. But, I mean, that's something else you, you sell quite a lot of. Tin signs, as you were saying, as people see on television. There's a serious demand for tin signs. There's a huge design for tin signs. And like yourself, I used to sell a lot of original ones. But then I realised I can't afford to do this anymore because the price, I, I was buying cars cheaper than a Michelin sign. Uh, and then I found as well the sort of market for the original ones as the price was growing and growing and growing is getting smaller and smaller. And then I noticed a lot of the original signs as well was just being passed around dealer to dealer to dealer. Uh, and every time there'd be an extra five or ten pound on it. So we went into the reproduction side of stuff as well. Uh, and people love them because you can sell them out at like 30 40 pound a sign you're getting a nice big sign for it that takes a nice garage size wall space up and i think that's what just does it we do we also do a lot of light up signs as well uh people love shiny and light and you know uh again back to the american car shows i think what helps a lot of ours at minute is every time they open a garage the bloke's got an ice car but with loads of old signs hung around and just cool bits of automobilia and it's it's making the old blocks and us think yeah, i'm going to set my garage up like that why can't i have a little man cave in my garage uh and yeah they're becoming more and more and more and blocks are actually building garages now to house a man cave and i think it comes back to wife thinking well yeah you know it pub every night so go on you can have a few quid for that and you, you're exactly where i can see you then aren't you like you know I, I can watch how many beers you drink tonight and i'll get you back to work in the morning isn't it it's uh you know that's exactly what mine's like uh which is why she lets me do all this. And interestingly, before we finish, where I'm sat, there's a there's an old period poster of Durafit, uh, the latest men's fashions, and that's definitely 30s, 40s. I mean, anything and everything you want for your period and classic motoring, you can supply now. I mean, you've, you've, you've got yourself in position, is you name it, you can even come in here and pick your appropriate suit. Um, I mean, do you see business expanding yes we're, we are actually growing and growing and growing all the time uh, like I said we started off with just the little printers building here uh, and we use this for storage it is a workshop and we started knocking the vehicle wall art out and we was renting around the corner we've expanded that much now we have a zone big Nissan Autovert Road it's 10 cars in there at minute we've got cars up on mates farms and everywhere uh, we're just trying to grow it and grow it and grow it and then we can start to look at employing a few people and getting them in sort of full time as well 
Uh, and if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with... Basically, it's Mark Isaac. I mean, the, the bit in many ways, the business is secondary. I mean, it's, it's you. Yeah, 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 it is me, really. That's what life says. I'm brains and inspiration behind a lot of it. I have a crazy mind up here that just ticks over time constantly. Uh, but Facebook uh, is probably more where most people find us and get hold of us. We generally only do on Facebook as well because we find we have such a big audience on there now uh, it just works for us we started on there we started off just as me and my partner and we've grown to this on Facebook as Facebook's grown and got more popular so as we uh, and now now since we have people all the way around the world on there and I generally just sell straight off my wall now on Facebook I don't generally have to advertise stuff I'll put a picture of a car up and people are just yeah I'll have that I'll have that I'll have that and they come in one day and they're back out trucking out next day so my driver's loving it he's getting double pay for everyone he does like he's picking it up delivering it day after uh, and it just works for us and it, I think the most thing that we love is hunting them out it, it's just getting that little fishing line I've seen some of here somebody will phone you up I've just drove past here and seen well there might be old cars so you jump in car go and have a look it's the anticipation of looking at what you're getting and you know I'll just touch on the I think one of the best stories I had was one of my good friends uh, he took his dogs into a new uh, he was going away on holiday so he took them up to this dog house dog home thing yeah uh, and he phoned me up and he was there and said you need to come and look at this field here so I went up to the field and as I looked there was three TR twos a tr3 a tr3 some being alpine skimmeters all together there was over 110 vehicles on this farm <laughs> including british bikes there was 25 austin sevens alone from bought tails to ulster specials there was an unbelievable amount of vehicles only eight years ago this it took me two years but i managed to buy everything in one go and we did the service we cleared the farm uh, and it's just everything's still out there you've just got to know where to hunt know where to look take your tip-offs off your friends uh you know don't somebody tells you a story about the northern old car don't rubbish it off mm. do your research go and have a look you know what does it take 20 minutes run out i think you'll find if you don't find anything you'll have had a pleasurable run out in car anyhow uh and one of the best things i do do if i ever go local i'll take my old moggy pickup or i'll take one of my old cars because it's an icebreaker before you go anywhere if I turn up in a new car half of the old chaps don't want to know you they'll just look at you and go yeah 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 yeah, whatever and off you go see you later you turn up in the moggy they're walking out with a pot of tea and saying here have a cup of tea do you want to chat for 10 minutes like you know they'll chat to you about your car and that gets you into places as well turning up it shows you're sharing an equal passion uh, most of them try and buy it you say oh you can't buy that like it's my lads now I promised it him Oh, happy days. Well, do you want one of these? I go, then I'll buy that while I'm here. And it always works. We get stuff wherever we go. Uh, but if people want to find Mark on uh, Facebook, it's Mark Isaacs, M A R C. It's the French spelling, it's different to mine. Isaacs, I S A C S. So it's Mark Isaacs. If all else fails, go on to Mark's Facebook page. It's just purely fascinating. The f Facebook is a modern modern invention, but uh, Mark's Facebook page is a walk back in time. Yeah, just keep looking down, get onto pictures and look down at pictures at some of the stuff we've dragged in. Uh, we're still loving doing barn finds. I mean, up in Scotland last year, a woman gave me a call. Can you come up? I've got a 1949 Morris Minor, one of the first ones. It was the low light model. 
I said, yeah, no problem. I said, how much do you want for it first, love? She went, well, I've got another one here that's not as good. She gave me a price. I said, right, not a problem. I come up. As we get up there, we're in truck, pickup and trailer. We put one up trailer, one up pickup. I turns around to her and I says, uh, I says, I'm happy with these. She says, what do you mean you're happy with these? She says, yeah, I took everything else, yeah. So what do you mean? She says, you bought everything in here. <laughs> there was a little bomb buggy in there. There were all sorts in there and there were more spare parts. So we come back down and went up day after and did another tailor, <laughs> didn't we? Uh, and it's just finding them stuff and it's it's a buzz. It's uh, It keeps you getting up every morning, doesn't it? And keeps you excited for getting up. I'm there last thing at night. I'm the one who's on internet at 12 o'clock at night, searching, searching. I'm back on it at 7 o'clock in the morning. I wake up, sort the kids out, you know, do bits with wife, and then I'm there on internet, internet, searching, 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 making calls, seeing what's about, seeing what people's got in. Uh, and it's just that hunt that I keep keeps me going every day I love it I think the thing is if anybody comes and calls in just to say hello to Mark and just have a look you might have arrived just to say hello just to have a look but I promise you you'll probably go away with something it might be a car the car you always wanted but you didn't know you always wanted it could be a sign it could be absolutely anything Mark Isaacs thanks very much for joining me on the Backseat Drive Radio Show here on Drystone Radio it's been an absolute pleasure Thank you very much, and just a touch, you'll also go on with a belly full of tea. <laughs> Thanks so much indeed, Mark. beaten on price, never beaten on service. Whether it's cars, bikes or commercials, Hoddy Tyres are the best in the business. And when it comes to tyre expertise and advice to supplying the correct tyres for your vehicle's specific requirements, nobody comes close to David Lakin and the Hoddy Tyres team. So give them a call on 01200 613 192 or visit the website at hoddytyres.co.uk. 